show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Experience, business, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Consumer first health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status. No. Yeah, this is the healthcare rep. Y'all, come on, let's go. New choices, new platforms, new care models. In the healthcare of tomorrow, consumers win. But who will design it? What will it look like? And how long will it take? We're here to answer those questions with some provocative thinking about how to create the healthcare that people actually want. Ready to roll up your sleeves, look at the world a little differently, and explore the frontiers of consumer health together? Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking about building the healthcare of tomorrow. This season, we're attempting the deepest dive that's ever been done on the disruptive organizations that are likely to impact the experience of healthcare consumers for years to come. For more provocative thinking, we hope you'll follow us and check out our previous episodes, all 200 of them. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about the Consumer First Health Manifesto. Why is this document significant and how can it accelerate the industry towards consumer transformation? I'll talk about that. Then Scott Andrews is in the house to drop some knowledge about providers' perspectives on digital access. The data is from a report by Kairos, and Scott gives us the lowdown on how the research helps us better understand consumers' access needs. Spoiler alert, doctors want a bigger role in their online presence and scheduling. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the Week. Changemakers in healthcare have a new flag to rally around. The Consumer First Health Group, which I belong to, has released a manifesto. More than a year ago, the Consumer First Health community began an open discussion about the wrongs that we see in the industry, the changes that we want to see, and what we can do as a community to accomplish those changes. We narrowed down a long list of ideas and input and edited it into a final document that's intentionally worded to spark action. It's brief yet powerful. This manifesto belongs not only just to the members of our community, but to each of us in the industry. It's our new flag that we're planning in the ground. It's the beginning of a journey, not the end. Let me read it to you in full. The Consumer First Health Manifesto. As leaders involved in the consumer transformation of healthcare, we believe that we have a unique opportunity to drive important changes that can positively impact the health and wellness of consumers for many years to come. We believe that while healthcare professionals and organizations do a great amount of important life-changing work, we also see that engaging with the U.S. healthcare system is so difficult and costly for many consumers that they often avoid care, even at the expense of their own health. We applaud the efforts of many clinicians and business leaders who are actively working to improve the experience for consumers and patients. We wish to add to these efforts by bringing about the long-term alignment of business systems, corporate culture, and financial incentives around consumers' expressed and unexpressed health needs. The Consumer First Health Group, a community of professionals involved in the consumer transformation of healthcare, wishes to catalyze these changes and accelerate their impact with a sense of urgency and purpose. We believe that this effort is not only necessary, but that it it is one of the most significant contributions that we can make on behalf of our industry and society. As such, we wish to present this manifesto to declare our intent to champion the consumer transformation of healthcare in the following ways. 
What are the wrongs that we see in the industry? One, the voices of healthcare consumers have been historically underrepresented during the development of the business systems that are at the foundation of today's sick care. Two, encountering the sick care system is often complex and expensive to the point where many consumers prefer to avoid care because the experience is so difficult. Three, many hospitals and incumbent health systems are operating on an unsustainable trajectory economically, and their financial situation has limited their development of consumer-first innovations. Four, the rate of change for a majority of incumbent health systems and healthcare organizations has been too slow to make any meaningful progress in improving the experience for consumers. Five, silos within the industry have limited the cross-functional collaboration that is needed to effectively design around consumers' jobs to be done. What are the changes that we want to see? One, healthcare experiences must fundamentally shift to be easier and less expensive. Two, consumers must be considered prominently in the care navigation value equation as business models are designed and deployed. Three, business, tech, human-centered design, and marketing teams must become equal stakeholders in owning the consumer transformation function in healthcare organizations. Four, incentives must become aligned so that everyone in the healthcare value chain is incentivized to keep people well. Five, disruptive changemakers who know how to effectively design consumer-first products, services, and experiences must become more visible and influential. What can we do as a community to accomplish these changes? One, substantially build up the consumer transformation function across all roles, seniority levels, and types of healthcare organizations. Two, create the most influential community for healthcare consumer transformation professionals. Three, establish best practices, skills, and competencies for consumer transformation and have them widely agreed upon by industry consensus. Four, facilitate more cooperation and coopetition that will benefit consumers' healthcare experiences. Five, make professionals with consumer transformation responsibilities to be among the most influential in their fields, most valued to their organizations, and most satisfied with their careers. Signed, the Consumer First Health Group. All right, what do you think? What parts stuck with you the most? There's a lot there in just a handful of statements, but mark my words, this manifesto marks a significant point on the journey of consumer transformation. Now the world knows what to expect from us. It's time to do it. After all, that's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. All right, let's get into the flow, everybody. Give it up for Scott Andrews. Scott's the general manager for health systems at Kairos. We're going to dive into the provider's role in helping consumers seeking care and how that role is evolving. But first, welcome, Scott, to the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, Jared, thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Absolutely. So tell me, what did I miss in your bio? What else would you like our listeners to know about you and your background? Yeah, geez. I mean, I've been in healthcare IT now for 25 years plus. I really started my career in finance and accounting, and I've kind of moved over into the operations, sales, marketing, and customer service side over the years. And I think I have a pretty well-rounded perspective, given my uh, where I've been and the different functions I've played. So yeah, I think that's enough about me. Let's get into the topic. <laughs> Absolutely. What's great is that someone who's been able to see the evolution of things, I think just has a greater respect for where we are now and where we could be going after this. I think that that's the case for a lot of folks who've just been in this intersection of healthcare and tech long enough to see like the one sure constant thing is that like, yeah, we're not going to be in the same place a few years from now. Things are going to change. There's going to be a lot of coming and going and evolution of the tech and the people implementing the tech and the people using the tech. So it's great to go there. I think uh, one really cool thing that 
that is just going on right now is that I hear the questions that are being asked by marketers, by digital teams, by IT. The questions themselves seem to be a little different. And I feel like just over the years, again, just having been in that spot myself in the past, being client side, I remember really well that thought of just going along, having a process, having operations work a certain way, and then kind of finding out about a new platform that's out there, finding out about a new way of doing things, and having to have a process for evaluating what the tech is and what that platform might do, what business problems does it solve. And it's one of those things that just always helps me uh, go back and, and feel empathy for anyone who's involved in implementing any type of digital solution on behalf of a healthcare organization. So all that just to say, I feel like you're the same way, like you, you absolutely have empathy for those who are involved in the evaluating, the supporting, the implementing, and, and just understanding what a platform does in the case of healthcare happening. I mean, is that, is that safe to say, like, like uh, how do you feel about those who are implementing any type of digital platform these days? It's a big challenge. I think the marketers and all of these digital health organizations are really good at their jobs because they all sound very similar and it's hard to discern who's really capable of doing what. So you really have to get underneath the hood and frankly, go talk to the clients of these organizations to, I think, to best understand, you know, do they do what they say and say what they do? To your point, Jared, it's hard because you've got a lot of different vendors out there that sound similar, that feels like they do the same things, but are they really differentiated? And so you need to take the time to understand that. And, and again, I, I, I say talk to the, to the end users to make sure that you're making the best decision for your organization when you're going through this process. Uh, well put, well put. Well, I'll tell you what, like you said, let's dig in here a little bit to some some new research. I'm really excited to talk about this because I understand that Kairos recently conducted some provider research and it revealed some things about doctors and their role in their own online presence and scheduling. The report, I understand, is called Provider Perspectives on Digital Access. Maybe a good starting point for us would be if you could give us an overview of the research and how it was conducted, and then we'll dive into some key findings after that. Yeah, thanks, Jared. I mean, at Kairos, we, we love to go and do outside research, and we typically do a patient access journey report every year. But we also want to make sure we're getting the voice of the provider, aside from the consumer or the patient in, in healthcare, because clearly they're, they're the two most important constituents. And, and so what we did is this past April, we, we interviewed uh, a couple hundred providers, this builds on something that we had done a few years ago where we did a similar survey, asked them some slightly different questions, but also some repetitive ones so that we could compare and contrast, you know, how they were feeling today versus a few years ago. The survey was made up of 100 primary care uh, physicians as well as 100 specialists. It was pretty evenly split between male and female. You know, about two thirds of these providers were between the ages of 40 and 54. And about 60% of them have been in business now in healthcare for 11 to 20 years. So it, it really ran the whole gamut of that, but, the, but that's where the lion's share of, of the folks were. The results from the survey are really showing us that providers are relishing having a role in highlighting who they are as part of this digital access journey that so many consumers are on today. And they want to have a role. They want to have a say in who they are, what they do. They want to be able to differentiate themselves. They're understanding the importance of their profile, where that profile information is highlighted. They certainly are more interested now in online scheduling than they were a few years ago. And then I, I think the other quick highlight before we go any deeper is that 
they're they're really looking to be a partner in this digital access initiative. I think that they feel like they've gotten some pretty good communication from their respective organizations, but they want more and they want to be a partner as these things continue to unfold, especially with the idea that there are are staffing shortages and they think that these digital initiatives might be able to help their organizations and themselves around that. Those are some really interesting data points. I think they do speak to the evolution of, of a provider's view of the importance of their online presence, like you said. One of the interesting things you, you mentioned was that, yeah, like that has changed. Uh, can we dive into that a little bit about like online scheduling in particular? So so you said providers are more interested in that than they used to be. Are there any data points about that? I, I think I read one of the key findings that the number of providers who are reporting interest in online scheduling has really taken off since the last four or five years. You're absolutely right, Jared. Um, you know, in the survey, we found that about two thirds of the doctors are participating or are about to participate in online scheduling. And that's up 30% from just a few short years ago. And I think that is, on one hand, very, very encouraging and not all of that surprising. On the other hand, it's still only two thirds. If you think about everything we do in our lives, you know, when is the last time you booked a flight? By calling a travel agent, when the last time you booked a a restaurant reservation, a hotel reservation, you know, anything you might do around your financial own portfolios, it's all done in a self-service manner. And uh, and healthcare is we're creeping along. We're we're dragging ourselves into the 21st century here, but we still got a little bit of work to do. I think that's pretty safe to say. I don't know anyone who would disagree with that. What other key findings should we dive into here? What else did you find interesting? I think the thing that I'm most encouraged and excited about is that the provider wants to be involved with their online profile. I can't tell you the number of customers that we've engaged with at Kairos where the digital leaders, the operational leaders were like, listen, I, I, I don't want to bother the provider. I, you know, I, they're really, really busy. And I want to be able to do this on our own. And I think that what the survey is telling us is kind of consistent with how Kairos goes about our business, which is the more engaged the provider is, the better the profile is going to be, the more accurate it will be. And they'll understand why you're doing it. And the why is pretty straightforward, right? Like these individuals work extremely hard at their craft. They've studied long and hard to get where they're at. And they want to be able to showcase their professional experience, their academic experience. They want to improve the visibility of who they are to other referring providers and to consumers so that they can attract patients. They've also are highlighting that they don't just want their profile on their respective healthcare organization's website. They want their profile everywhere and anywhere where a consumer might be searching for care, which really resonates with me personally and and what we're trying to accomplish at Kairos. And so whether that's Google, whether or not that's a a health plan's website, whether or not that's like at organizations like the VA, who are the biggest providers of healthcare in the country, but they outsource a lot of that. Like the more that you can have the provider profiles up to date, accurate and consistent, the better the chances are of you finding a patient that's right for you and you're right for them. Stay tuned for more provocative thinking after the break. 
One of the must-attend healthcare conferences this year is the annual Healthcare Internet Conference. HCIC will be held on November 7th to the 9th in sunny Miami, Florida. This dynamic conference provides a great opportunity for healthcare professionals to learn, share, network, laugh, and collaborate. Here are just some of the great new options that HCIC has in store for you this year. There are recorded bonus sessions available to watch anytime during or after the conference, recorded vendor demos discussing hot topics or showcasing the vendor products or services. There will also be a career fair section that is available to search and browse for open digital healthcare positions. It's really an uplifting way for you and your team to recharge and refocus. Go to hcic.net to learn more and get registered today. That's hcic.net. We can't wait to see you there. Okay, back to the flow. Well, that's what this all comes down to, isn't it? This is helping consumers find the right care for them and knowing that there's always a bit of hesitancy for most patients and consumers out there, I'd say of all ages, of all demographics, we're not just leaping to to go see the doctor. So there's a little bit of trepidation most of the time. Typically, we're not necessarily thinking completely rationally. You know, like we are looking at choices. We are looking at where do I go seek this care? But we're also deciding between that and not seeking care at all. And we're also looking at what other options are there And we're not necessarily shopping, for the most part, as consumers for healthcare in the same way that we do for, you know, for some sneakers or a t-shirt or, you know, something else or a cruise or whatever. So it's some of those nuances and understanding how we make those choices, like those are so important. And it's refreshing to someone like myself to hear how the provider role has changed and how providers have acknowledged that their online presence is key, that yes, your clinical reputation is important. It will get you to a certain place, but people are using all these other data sources to make their choices. And one of the other findings that that I read about the report that was interesting to me was that nearly 80% of providers say their profile is key for presenting an accurate picture of themselves to consumers and colleagues. I'm guessing that number was not like that a few years ago. I'm guessing that number has completely increased. That's encouraging to me. I don't know like what, what you're experiencing with clients in terms of what the conversation sounds like with a provider and how that's changed. Like, Does this data reflect the types of conversations you have with clients on a regular basis? What types of questions are providers asking and how has that changed? It absolutely does reflect it. These findings are consistent with what we see on the ground. And I'll use something that sounds rather basic, Jared, but imagine how powerful this is. So oftentimes when we think about a provider's profile, we do think about things like professional experience, their academic experience, you know, where are they located? When are they available? How about what languages they speak? Like there's nothing more powerful than to make sure that you can connect with the provider that's seeing you for the the symptom, the journey that you're at in your healthcare, you know, eco. You know, if whether it's Mandarin, whether it's Spanish, whatever the case may be, if you can find somebody who speaks your language, because perhaps English isn't your first language, then imagine how much more comfortable you're going to be 
trying to go in, you've already got that trepidation. It's exponential when, you, you're, when you're unsure whether or not you're going to be able to communicate. But when you find somebody who can communicate with you and they're in the specialty that you need and they're at the location that ma- matters to you, the difference that that makes is night and day, both for the provider, but also for the patient for sure. And everybody is winning when you can highlight just those simple little pieces of key information and do it consistently all over the web and all over the wherever your digital presence is. And I think providers have, have figured that out. Like, you know, these are, again, incredibly smart, hardworking individuals. And they realize that People are doing this for all other aspects of their life. And so they're going to do it in healthcare too. Even if it means they're not ready to schedule the appointment online, they certainly want to find their provider online and they want to do the research and they want to understand who you are. So tell me more about your, your philosophy of care. And let me look at a video that explains who you are and what you like to do as an individual. Because if I'm going to trust you with my health and my care, I want to make sure that there's a connection there. Not only in terms of we speak the same language, but maybe we've got some similarities as well. Was there anything else in the research that helps us better understand consumers' healthcare needs, like their choices at all? Uh, you mentioned just the fact of language, you know, that that's something that can make a big difference when you're making a choice of where to go seek care. Were there other findings in the research that helped us kind of better understand those needs? What the research is doing with this particular one around the provider is essentially driving home the fact that the provider and the patient are arriving at the same place which is we we all are going to be doing this in a digital format. And so I need to make sure that my profile is available is and it's digital and it's enabled everywhere because the patient, the consumer is looking for care everywhere. And so I think that's what the report is driving home is that providers are now seeing eye to eye with the consumer. And I think a few short years ago, that was not necessarily the case. And so I'm very encouraged by the results of the, of the findings here because I do think it gets it much more in line with the consumers and the patients that are out there looking for care. That's great. And what I think it also does, I mean, I'm hoping it can be used in those one-on-one conversations between an administrator, a marketing team, a digital team, and the provider where they're talking about seriously, you know, how do, wh- why do I have to spend time doing this? Like that conversation you know, hopefully this research can be used in that just to help everyone kind of get on the same page and understand the need for it. And I, I do feel like, like you said, that conversation has evolved a lot and there's a lot more recognition of where care is, like where that care journey is is starting. And I think that's important. It just kind of leads to this thought in my mind that the fact that consumers do still need a lot of guidance to navigate all their options why do you think that is? Like, why is it so hard still? You know, it's 2022. Like, why is it still so hard for somebody to navigate their care options? Look, healthcare is famous for alphabet soup and all sorts of places that overlap to some degree about where you could get care. Think, let's just think about it for a second. Urgent care, convenient care, retail care, emergency room, doctor's office, specialty clinic, going to see, uh, uh, get an MRI at the hospital, go to a separate facility for an MRI. Do I need to be downtown with the academic medical center or am I okay being out in the suburbs with more of a community-based provider? Can I do this virtually? Do I even have to go in? Am I going to be, uh, how about my pharmacy? Do I, can I get anything down there or do I have to go see the doctor? What about a lab test? So if you put all of that together, it is incredibly complex, hard to understand where you need to even start your journey. 
So the, that online digital presence can really assist a consumer as they, as they sort of go through a process of answering a, sh- a few short questions and it can navigate you and push you in the direction where we think your best, your best access of care can happen. And so that's why they, they want all of this information. They need all of this information because it's very complex to know where to go, when to go there. And then once you figure that out, are, is the provider that you're looking for even available at that time at a location that's not two hours from your house when you factor in traffic? Oh, such a great point. And you know what? What's interesting is that like once you get them there, it's not like the experience of engaging with a healthcare professional is really a there's usually high marks high ratings for the interaction with the doctor themselves it's like all the other pieces it's the bill it's the like you said just how long did how hard was it to get this on the schedule the i mean if, I, I see all the stats for how long it takes to get into a primary care doctor on average and it's usually just for a rushed few minutes there with them where you don't get to go into actually all of your medical history that could play a part in uh, your diagnosis or your treatment plan and that model itself needs some help. The experience in it typically doesn't leave you feeling like, oh, cool, next time this is going to be easier. It usually leaves you feeling this is going to be just as hard next time. That's discouraging. That is, that's just the reality right now. And, you know, I look at someone like myself, I've got, my parents are starting to get up there in age. I've got kids from elementary to, to college age right now. And it's incredibly hard to think, you know, when is this going to get easier? And so I feel like anything Anything that I can see that's going to make the healthcare encounter easier, then I'm rooting for it. (laughs) Anything that can make any part of the experience better for me, uh, fewer steps, less friction, then I'm rooting for it. I'm a champion of it. And that's why I think it's interesting here because we're talking about how how the provider can play a major role in that. And then I even see the, the role of health system leaders, you know, the administrators, those who are supporting providers. And oftentimes, maybe it's somebody on a marketing team, but it's somebody who is directly engaging with the consumer. There's somebody else in in that role, like that health system leader needs to understand how important this is. And if I'm an administrator at a health system or hospital, and I see myself as having a role in guiding somebody to improve their health, then I'm going to open doors I'm going to remove obstacles both for for them and for my team, like for my providers. I'm going to try to help them all understand this role that they need to play. What do you think about that? Like, what do you think about the role of health system leaders in guiding consumers to the right healthcare? I think you're spot on, Jared. I think that there are so many dedicated people out there that are trying to do the right things to make the journey easier for the patient to make the process easier for the provider and the surrounding staff. But it's a it's a very, as we've just got done talking about, it's a very complicated process. But I do see that the leaders in healthcare want to make this better. That's certainly why they come to Kairos and why we help our clients do what we do. And so I'm encouraged by that. I have seen signs of it getting better. I think the survey reflects that providers want to be more engaged there. They understand the importance of it. And there's obviously a huge constituent in this process. And so it gives me hope that we are going to make it easier for people to find care. We are going to make it people for easier, easier for people to access care and get care. And whether that's things like virtual programs, whether that's 
you know, the spreading of retail care around almost on every corner now, there's definitely been some huge strides that make it easier for folks to at least get some of that frontline care to start the process. That's awesome. That that makes a lot of sense. And I do hope we keep seeing momentum in that direction. Let me tell you what, Scott, I've got a couple of questions, just kind of back it out of here a little bit and, and just uh, take the big picture view of things. I'm just really curious from a personal standpoint, what other trends you personally are paying attention to in the industry right now? People often ask me, like, when is online scheduling going to be something that is just pervasive throughout the entire industry so that an individual can schedule an appointment anywhere? I often reply by saying, look, I think in the next 10 years, we're going to, of course, 99% of all appointments are going to be scheduled online. Are we going to get there in one year, two year or three year? I'm a little less uncertain there, but I know that time is on our side because of survey results like we're seeing here with the providers themselves wanting that. And so I continue to track that and follow that because I do believe that if you can make it so that an individual can schedule the appointment themselves then that's taking complexity out of the process and simplifying it enough so that you and I can do it. And that is, in my mind, that's a huge step forward. So I continue to follow that. I continue to track that. I continue to look for that from a global healthcare perspective. I just think it's a good barometer for the complexity and the reduction of complexity if we can pull that off. Nice. Well, I hope you're right. I, I can see a lot of momentum happening here, like I said, and and hopefully recognizing that this is part of improving the experience. Ultimately, uh, hopefully we do keep seeing progress. All right, then uh, my last question for you here is uh, just very open-ended wherever you want to go with this one. But I'm, I'd love to hear what do you hope healthcare looks like three years from now? Like, What do you hope we're celebrating? What do you hope we are seeing as improvements in that three-year time frame? I hope that in the next three years, we are able to understand what healthcare costs just like we understand what those t-shirts and sneakers cost today. So, you know, there's been a lot of federal mandates impacting both the plan and the and the provider side where we're bringing forth a little bit more cost transparency. It started with machine readable files, which probably don't do much for you and I, Jared, but but I think that that's going to continue to evolve. And so my fondest wish is that in three years, you as an individual in your high deductible healthcare plan are able to truly understand what it's going to cost to do that MRI, to get that hip replaced, to go visit the doctor and get that flu shot so that you can factor that in to everything else that you have to do, you know, from an economic perspective. I love it. That gives us something to shoot for and something to to keep an eye on as things progress in the industry. Uh, this has been so much fun, Scott, and I, I'd love to give our listeners a way to connect with you if they'd like to outside of this. What's the best way for them to do that and to get their hands on a copy of the report? Sure. Thanks, Jared. I'm out there. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm certainly at uh, sandrews at kairos.com. And you can also find our report on our website within the resources section. We've got a bunch of different reports, both this one and and others that we've done in terms of research and, and various white papers. So please go there if you're looking for more content on this topic or others. And, uh, Happy to help anybody that's out there listening if they're uh, looking for it. The report is called Provider Perspectives on Digital Access. You can find it, like Scott said, on Kairos' website. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again and stay safe, stay well, and thanks for giving us so much to think about today. Thank you, Jared. Very much appreciate it. 
Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Tell your colleagues to tune in for all the awesomeness, then leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. See our full lineup at shiftforwardhealth.com. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. And remember, we might have a lot of work to do in healthcare, but we'll get there faster together. Thanks again. 